Welcome to The Mortgage Voice with Jeff Barton, your voice in the mortgage industry. Each week on this program, Jeff and his guests share their expertise, personal anecdotes, and the latest industry news to keep you in the loop. Now to provide you with insight and help you navigate the consistently changing world of real estate lending, here is your host for The Mortgage Voice, Jeff Barton. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Jeff Barton, your voice in the mortgage industry. Thanks very much for tuning in, listening to the show this week as well as every week. And as you know, if you are a, a longtime listener, we bring to you information. Okay, this isn't a rah-rah speech about me. This is about you trying to figure out how best the information that I have in my head and the guests that come on the show can uh, assist you when you're trying to buy a house or you want to do a refinance. I was just thinking, too, of some of the terms that we use and we throw around not only on the show but in the industry itself and sometimes they can be kind of uh intimidating because you don't know what they are I, i've been intimidated by the way in my real estate world which i also do some real estate contacted by an attorney the other day who was uh, adamant that i take down a listing because you know for whatever reason and i told that person i said you know you are intimidating and you are scaring me and so after i did some research yes indeed we did take down the listing so if you are one of these people who gets intimidated by terms or people in the industry i get it i've been there and uh, i continue to be honest about it with myself so i can either seek out the information or uh, you know not do it now in when it comes to refinances or cash out refinances a refinance which is basically rate and term, meaning that you're refinancing the rate you have to be lower and the term you have to be, you know, maybe you had a 30-year fixed rate that you paid two years on, but the rates have dropped so low now that if you redo your rate at a lower term at a lower rate and the term you can you know obviously reap the benefits because you're going to save so much money on a monthly that within two years uh, you've already uh, recouped the money you've spent in the original loan on that two-year interest payment and now you're starting to uh, see the benefits that is called a rate and term refinance on a cash out refinance well let's say you've got bills in a credit card let's say you want to put somebody through college you've got medical issues there's all kinds of reasons you need 50 grand in the bank cashing out you basically are redoing the loan adding to the principal and then hopefully lowering the rate because if you took out a uh, rate and uh, took out a, a loan Two years ago, the rate was higher than it is today. It's still below 3% on a 30-year fixed. On a 15-year fixed, it's, um, let's see, hold on, let me just do the rates. 30-year fixed rate loans, 2.85%. A 15-year fixed at 2.28. A um, FHA loan is at 2.50. The jumbo is at 3.05. The 5-1 arm is at 2.36. And the 10-year is trading at 1.216. So, on these terms, in the cash-out refi, as we were discussing it, if you went from a 3.5% loan to now you can do a 2.85%, even if you're taking $50,000 out of your home because it has the equity, it's risen, hey, last year is 16%. So over two years, you probably do have that kind of equity in your house. And you may even be able to lower your payment and take money out. Now, that's a pretty good deal if you're in that window where you can both lower your payment on a monthly, lower your rate, and take money out and put it in the bank because of all these things I mentioned that you might have to need or or want to do. 
So these terms, those two terms in general, are the refinance. Purchase loan is obviously what it is. A purchase loan means you're going to buy a property. Uh, they don't have any designations for um, different kinds of purchases other than this is your owner-occupied home. You are the homeowner. You're going to get this loan. You're going to live in that house. They have something called the non-owner-occupied. Now that particular designation is going to cost you a little bit more in the rate because obviously there's more risk to the lender. If you're living in one house and want to buy a house to rent out, if times go bad, you'll probably be more likely to not pay the mortgage on the one that you're renting versus on your owner-occupied home. So therefore, they consider that when they give you the loan, the risk is higher, they're going to give you a higher rate. Now, one thing that we, we always look at when we're looking at those types of loans, occupied versus non-owner-occupied, is exactly that. Who's living in the house? If you say, I am an owner-occupied borrower, and I'm going to live in this house, and you're currently renting, chances are the bank will say no problem. We understand that. But they will do an occupancy check. If you're not aware of what an occupancy check is, hi, is Mr. and Mrs. Blankety Blank home? And if you are Mr. and Mrs. Blankety Blank and you are living there, you pass the occupancy check. However, if you're not there and you don't live there, you're going to have a problem with that loan. Uh, you're going to get a call from the person who bought that loan and say, hey, uh, are you not living in this house? Because if you're not, you already signed a contract that said you were and you signed a contract that said you were because you're getting a cheaper rate. So let's fix this problem or get the house refied in non-owner OCK. Those are the designations for purchase loans, whether it's an occupied loan or a non-owner occupied loan. Now, of course, there are investment purchases. There are second home purchases. And all this has to do is with the rate you receive. And the rates are so low right now that if you're seeing a quarter point difference between uh, what it is in a 30-year fixed rate loan and what you're getting is a, a non-owner occupied investment property, well, you're really talking about the difference between, let's say, 2.75 and 3.25. And in either case, <laughs> those are really great rates and you should be able to afford it. They will qualify you on the highest rate possible. So Let's say you're trying to do a short-term loan because you're going to sell that property within three to five years, and you're doing a 5-1 ARM. An ARM product is an adjustable rate mortgage with a term at the beginning of the loan fixed, like the 30-year. So on the 5-1 that I quoted today is at 2.36, you know that for the first three years of that loan, you're going to get a loan at 2.36%. Now, after that, it will adjust according to whatever the adjustment tables are within the loan. Now, on a loan like that, you have to qualify not at the 2.36% rate, but at the highest rate that that loan can possibly adjust to during the term or the length of the loan. So if you can't obviously do that, then you're not going to be able to get that loan. Now, what does that mean? So let's say at 2.36, your monthly payment is $1,000, but you have to 
you have to look at that particular loan as if you're going to be paying the highest interest rate possible, which might be not 2.36, but 6.36. Over the term of the 30 years, that's what it could adjust to when it comes to the terms of the loan that you agreed to. If you can agree, I mean, qualify for the uh, 6.36, for instance, let's say this is just an example, then you can get the 2.36 rate. But you have to qualify for the higher rate in order to get that particular loan. That's one of the drawbacks. However, 2.36 is a smoking rate if you're out there right now and you're thinking, I want that, uh, uh, that type of loan on a 5-1 arm. And again, they have owner-occupied and non-owner-occupied. All of these are ways by which you can look at the loan. And if you're out there and you're thinking, okay, that's a great explanation. Let's get to some of the other things. On the show, we talk about programs. Uh, we talk about QM versus non-QM. That's loans that are sold to Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac versus loans that are not sold to those two uh, government-sponsored ent- entities, GSEs, they call them. Um, and in those, in that way, getting a non-QM loan, like the 5-1 arm or like the owner versus non-owner, the, the difference in the rate nowadays is so small. I mean, maybe it's a half a point. But the risk to the lenders is much greater on the non-QM. That's why Fannie Mae and Freddie Mae doesn't touch, don't buy those loans. The risk is greater. So the pools of investors for those type of loans are like insurance companies, um, other countries, uh, hedge funds, funds that absolutely you know can absorb the loss, but they want to have those types of uh, investments because you know non-QM loans pay. Uh, and they pay a, a little bit better than QM or qualified mortgage loans. So, yes, there is a market for that. And about 25% of the loans done currently are like that. One of the interesting things I saw today about Freddie Mac was that 60% of their loans done currently are refinance, 40% of purchase. That is going to change when this particular market dries up, rates go up, and we have much more of a 50-50 look. I'm Jeff Barton, your voice in the mortgage industry. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed that little explanation about rates and uh, what products are. And we'll be right back. You're listening to The Mortgage Voice with Jeff Barton. We'll be right back with more in just a moment. For more information on today's topic, email Jeff Barton at info at malibufunding.net. Now, back to The Mortgage Voice with your host, Jeff Barton. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Jeff Barton, your voice in the mortgage industry. Thanks very much for tuning into the show, for listening each and every week. We are under number. We are on a number of radio stations, uh, five radio stations in three different states, from uh, Albuquerque all the way up to uh, Tahoe and uh, Las Vegas, as well as the Inland Empire in Southern California, San Bernardino and Riverside counties. Thanks, everybody. We're also on a number of podcasts. Do you have those podcasts, uh, Daryl? I sure do. There we, I sure do, Jeff. I also have the mic switch uh, within reason. We've got uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Music Play, Spotify, Spreaker, Stitcher, iHeartMedia, Radio.com, YouTube, and Podclips.io. Okay, excellent. Thank you very much. Um, let's see. i got to get this key to your, to your uh, stepdaughter. I think she needs it to move my car. Oh, there's a big doggy. Oh, this is awesome. Watch the, watch the camera. That's all. All right. We were just kind of interrupt. Anyway, I have a great guest for us today, once again, talking to us about what's going on in the mortgage industry. It's Charles Giscombe from Malibu Funding. Charles, how are you? 
I'm outstanding, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Oh, man, you missed it. We had a wild scene in here. We had a dog running around the studio. Daryl and I were casing. The camera was going to get knocked over. Oh, it was, it was awesome. It's kind of like what's going on with the economy, whether we're in COVID or we're not in COVID. That's exactly what's going on. It's a, it's a fire drill going on there, and you just got to be prepared to take advantage of it. Now, um, in the industry, what's happening? Uh, we have rates that are really as low as they've ever been. I mean, they've come off the lows historically, like the last couple of days. Do, do you see this extending further? Do you see the um, uh, economy doing better, or are we going to be COVID-bound for more because uh, of the variant that's out? You know, I think that we were doing well, and I think that everybody uh, felt comfortable coming off. And obviously, uh, you know, the market was moving forward, and people were becoming more comfortable. But as it, as we're seeing, uh, the COVID is up. The variant has hit all fifty states now, yep. so I think there's a little bit of uncertainty that's uh, floating around. Uh, I don't want to use that term lightly, floating around. Right, right. You know, obviously, COVID stuff. I just mean that basically. With, with this idea in the air and people with uncertainty, I feel like certain things will happen. The market will, you know, the market will fluctuate up and down. Uh, as of last Friday, I had some of the lowest interest rates uh, right. uh, that I that I have seen uh, as far as new purchases are concerned. And I was working on a couple of refinances, even Jeff. So, uh, you know, the rates are very low uh, today. Uh, it's a little bit higher than it was, and obviously, it wasn't as good for the bar, but they still were happy with what the rates are. I do feel like with the uncertainty with the variant coming around, we may see some fluctuation in and out, but I don't think it will go to a capacity or get to a, a limit where, you know, it'll just be uh, amazingly high now. I think it'll just it, it'll stay somewhere low and we'll still be able uh, to function and get these decent rates for, you know, with, with the major companies that we're dealing with. You know, product-wise, during a time of uncertainty, now we've had this uncertainty for a while, but mortgages... Because the rates have been, you know, down and low, uh, taking advantage of that for many investors has been just a, uh, a terrific time. Where do you see the advantage during this particular uncertainty with the new variant? Is it the same? Are people going to uh, approach it the same? I mean, we have school coming up. Where do you see any advantage for someone who wanted to get into the housing market now? I still think it's an advantage. You know, the issue that we're having right now is that the market has been doing so well and that, you know, there's not enough properties out there. Right. And so what they're saying is, you know, you got 80 houses and you got 200 buyers per those houses. Right. So it's very difficult, um, uh, you know, to uh, to say, I, I will say this, based upon the interest rate, if you get your hands on a deal, if you see something that's remotely close to a deal, you still should be able to jump. You still should jump. And that's just because... Uh, of where the market's at. And obviously, uh, the appreciation of these property values is super important. It will still allow someone to get in at, at, at a point where they would make some money and be in great investment. And also, you have to understand and look at it. I look at it this way as well, Jeff. We talk about this all the time. Depending on what your, um, your model is or what your strategy is uh, in regards to what you're doing with properties, if you purchase a home and you don't plan on flipping it out, right. if you buy an investment property, so to speak, and you have that low interest rate, the way the rental market is, you're going to make money. And you should view it that way as opposed to just taking it and flipping it in and seeing if I could buy it low and sell it high. If you have a whole strategy, these, these low interest rates will allow somebody to purchase something with a low interest rate 
and hold and still make money. So there's different ways that you have to look at what's going on with the market. It's a benefit across the board for many different reasons. The low interest rates is another reason for you to get in. Even if you're not seeing properties that have that home run equity in it, you can buy something, hold on to it, uh, and take advantage of the tax purposes as well as make some money on the income, and you should take advantage of where these rates are. Let's talk programs a little bit. What do you see as a... Uh a go-to, I guess that's the wrong term, but uh, maybe popular. What, what type of programs are you having your clients need at this point? Well, you know, for, for a particular client of mine, especially across the board in that valley, I'm sure, um, still doing a lot of traditionals, still doing a lot of, uh, you know, uh, Fannie, mm-hmm. uh, just got some new FHAs in, doing those very much so. Uh, also, like we always talk about on the show, the non-QM is big. Any loans that don't particularly fit the need of a Fannie or a, uh, a, a Gubby or FHA loan, um, there's some programs that are very comparable to them. And, and if, you have, if, if you can't get those in, we call them the fallouts from the traditional loans. Right. And you can, you can segue right into a non-QM loan. Um, and they're very competitive with the interest rates, and they're less strict. You know? And you can buy a primary residence or an investment property with these programs, and they'll allow you to get in. You can still go full dock, but they may have a higher DPI threshold, which will allow somebody who's right at the cusp of a threshold of maybe, say, 43% debt-to-income ratio. Well, these non-QM programs can go up to 55%. And you may not be able to get a Fannie, uh, a traditional a Fannie or, or, or a Jenny loan, which is a you know, traditional loan, FHA, but, but you can still get a 90% LTV loan. And you can utilize your bank statements if you're having a tough time with your debt-to-income ratio. So these programs are available, very comparable to the interest rates that are out there for traditional loans, have a less strict guideline in regards to qualification, and you still get in. Yeah, you may have to put a little bit more money down than you normally would, but it still offers you an opportunity to get into the market without a super uh, uh, high-priced interest rate loan. Now, when when you're talking to clients, they're obviously because you do loans all over the country, um, and you're yes, the manager for Malibu Funding in Las Vegas, Nevada. The differences between your borrowers around the country, the need is still pretty much the same. But are there differences between, let's say, a guy wanting to do a loan down in North Carolina versus somebody out in Vegas versus somebody here in California? Are there different needs, uh, one being a family home, the other one being an investment, another one being just a quick flip uh, between borrowers? Or is it pretty much all the same everywhere? Everybody could be everything. It's pretty much across the board. Mm-hmm. The reason why things have become are very similar is because of the market. So now what happens with the market, Jeff, is you have properties holding their value and even appreciating right. every week, every month. They're going up because uh, there's more demand of the properties and less of them. And what happens now is that normally in a market where you could get a house low, that house is pushed up and now it's a higher market. So the qualifying that people are looking for is kind of kind of the same. What I like to do is there's a loan for everybody in every particular market. You know, some places I deal with individuals that are self-employed more so, so uh-huh. they may be interested in a non-QM loan. There's other places where more people are working at W-2 to tax returns, so you will do a traditional loan for them. I'm getting them all the way across the board, but now because of the way the market is, 
it's kind of like everybody is looking at it going, what's the best way for me to get into a loan? And the fastest loan you have possible because I have going up against so many different individuals yep. that are looking for the same house. Yeah, that makes sense. So yep. I think, yeah, I think that would make more sense as far as what's the quickest, the path of least resistance. How can I do the acquisition faster and uh, with you than I can do it anywhere else? Or what program do you have to get me in? And I think that's what I'm running into more so. Jeff, as far as qualifying is concerned. Hey, Chuck, thanks very much. Great information, by the way. We're up against it. You want to shout out a way by which people can get in touch with you if they need a terrific loan officer? Absolutely. You can get in touch with me at uh, 702-328-5191. At 702-328-5191. And you can get me at charles at malibufunding.biz. That's charles at malibufunding.biz. Chuck, thank you very much for coming on the show once again. Great information, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Thanks for having me again. Of course. I'm Jeff Martin, your voice in the mortgage industry. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Mortgage Voice with Jeff Martin. We'll be right back with more in just a moment. For more information on today's topic, email Jeff Barton at info at malibufunding.net. Now, back to The Mortgage Voice with your host, Jeff Barton. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Jeff Barton, your voice in the mortgage industry. Thanks very much for tuning in. Thanks for, thanks for listening each and every week. We try to bring to you uh, some solutions. I know you got questions. There's all kinds of things going on in the mortgage market all the time. You hear it over and over again. Rates are low, rates are low, rates are low. Well, how long can you hear that before you really understand what does that mean? What kind of products can you take advantage of, especially if you're trying to get into that house where nine other people are trying to get the same house? What kind of loan, because you don't have the cash to compete with those people, ah, you're going crazy. One of the guys that can help sort that out is uh, a senior loan officer for Malibu Funding. Been around a long time, just done a lot of great business and helped a lot of families. It's George Gonzalez from Malibu Funding. George, how are you? Hey, Jeff. I'm doing great, man. Thank you for asking. Okay. How about yourself? I'm not too bad, and I appreciate you talking about the weather and the heat. How does that affect a borrower when they're trying to go out and look at a house and then also get the loan done? I mean, does, does the heat, does the weather, does this kind of stuff really get in the way because, you know, people just get their minds burned, uh, literally? Well, you know how it goes out here, you know, in the summer, and, you know, people yep. are trying to get into some house and get their their family in houses before the school season starts and, you know, and get all this good stuff. But yeah, man, it's, it's, it's pretty hot out here. And, and my job is to make sure that these borrowers are pre-approved and, and are comfortable with the payment they can, they can get a house for. And, you know, make sure that the, that these realtors out here aren't, aren't uh, running people around and making sure these borrowers are well qualified. Yeah. Okay. You mentioned that uh, in order to get, you know, any consideration on a real estate deal, the financing is the most important part, not the house. A lot of people think it's the other way around, but in order to get a good quality offer in and accepted, you have to make sure the financing. What do you ask your clients um, when they're buying a house? What do you ask them for in order to give them some idea what they can borrow? Well, basically, you, you got to just be real straight up with them and, you know, and, and ask them, hey, um, what are you comfortable paying every month? You know, what what are you comfortable paying and, and how much do you have in your bank? And are you, are you comfortable with, you know, with a big down payment or are you right. going to have to look for a down payment assistant program? So the, the actually, you know, one of the most uh, toughest part is getting approved because, you know, you have to, the, these clients, they have to be honest. They have to give us their information if they want to know the truth back to them, you know? 
Do you find that uh, some of the clients are, are a little hesitant to give you all their financial information, especially if it's, you know, a referral that you don't really know that well? Oh, the new ones, yes. The new, the new ones, like our new, uh, the new referrals that I haven't done business with before. Yeah, yeah, they'll they'll be very hesitant. Sometimes they'll they'll they don't want to tell me what their credit will be or what kind of debts they have or you know how much income. They'll give me an estimate, and I tell them, hey, if you want to be, if you want me to give you, you know, a straight up good uh, legit answer or a good uh, you know payment and down payment requirement, I need to know the truth as well. Right. So that's, you know, that's right now is one of the biggest challenges. Yeah, and when you when you go to uh, you get the information and you try to figure out which loan, whether you go QM or non QM, are they aware of the differences of the type of products? How do you explain that? that now that that's the rough one because obviously the first question you have to ask them is are you know are they a W two employee right or are they self employed where they don't you know file their taxes to show their full income or you know however it works out with them on on their on their end on that but. They, you know, they'll hear, they'll see these commercials and these and these ads where oh, interest rates are two point seven five, right. and they figure, hey, I can get that. Right. And I say, well, those, uh, you know, you can, you know, like right now, the biggest thing, Jeff, what's going on is is these refinances are these people are wanting to cash out max to eighty percent. Yep. You know. Yep. And so, which if you have a good credit, I just locked somebody in today. Um, that has over a 780 credit score, uh, cashing out 80 percent of their of their house value, and they, I locked them in at a 2.875. Wow, that's amazing! Really, you know what's the loan so, size on that? Five hundred thousand. That one was five hundred and forty thousand, right. right under the conforming out on this side. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. So you know, it's just like wow. You know. Yeah, that's a wow. Where can you, yeah. Yeah. Where can you borrow money? Where can you go? He, he was asking me, hey, George, because that's putting like about 150000 of cash in his pocket to pay off debt or do whatever. And I said, where else can you go borrow 150000 for two under 3%? Where? <laughs> Nowhere. Even uh, SBA char- charges you 3%. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, and so that's, I tell these people, they're saying, oh, well, I'll just go get a home equity line. Yeah, the home equity line is pretty for about a year or two or three. Right. But after that, it's going to come get you. No, no, you want to take the money out, absolutely. I mean, you, what mm-hmm. we've seen is, you know, the rise in home values over the past two years is probably about 20%, maybe even more. I mean, you're already, uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, if you bought a house and you were, you know, an FHA loan two years ago, you already can get rid of MIP. I mean, that's a no-brainer. No, and that's what a lot of those two have been coming back to, though, to getting rid of the MIP. Right. And as long as, you're, as long as your credit score is up, you know, that's what another thing, is what I've been having to, I've been giving a lot of school, uh, loan school to these, you know, <laughs> these borrowers yep. recently. Because, yep. you know, I have to tell them, hey, just because you have the equity, your credit score is not where it needs to be to be conventional to give you a better payment. You know what I mean? So I it's do. Like, uh, you, you have to have your credit score up with the equity. It's not just one or the other, it's both. Now, when when you look in, uh, at somebody's credit score, and you, you you know obviously you pull the credit and you look at it and you say, hey, look, you know your credit score is here. It needs to be you know at seven fifty in order to get the rate that you want to get in order to you know benefit the most. What's the quickest way? I mean, I'm sure they ask, what do I have to do? And what do you tell them most of the time? Is it a slow process? Is there some quicker way by which they can uh, get their their credit scores higher? Well, with the, with the little experience that I. Have- have with fixing credit, um, basically the simple way I've seen in one end is if somebody has a lot of debt over like credit card debt, revolving credit card debts that 
uh, over 50, 60, 70 percent, right. you know, on their balances, they drop those down to 25, under 25 percent or lower, their score automatically shoots up. So right. I've done I've done some rapid rescores and had people go from, you know, 660 and then pay out some debt. Now they're at a 720 in oh, yeah. you know, four or five days with the rapid rescore because they had a bunch of debt that they just paid down. Right, and that especially if they're doing a cash out, that that obviously the rate difference is going to give them such a, a different monthly payment that it's absolutely worth it to pay down the debt prior to getting the cash out. A, bit, a no brainer, a no brainer, and then again, a lot of these uh, elderly people who have a lot of equity who haven't touched their house in many years, yep. because you know they've been nervous and you know don't sure. really trust anybody. But now I'm like, look at your your rate is four and a half, five percent, and you have fifty percent equity. Let's Get that out of this. Drop it, or get you a fifteen-year or a ten-year. Something that somehow benefits you with this market. You well, know, you could somehow. take money out and make the same payment you've been paying at a lower rate, and have fifty there grand go. in there the bank. Go. Yeah, there you go. I mean, Pay I think the same payment, but yeah. put a hundred thousand in your pocket. Exactly mm-hmm. right. Now, I know a lot of people would be like, "Well, I don't want to put it in my pocket because I'll just spend it." But there are ways by which you don't have to do that and put it in a short-term investment whereby you can get it, but you can't get it right away. All of those things are great financial tools to be able to use when you have that kind of equity in your house and you're lowering your payment. Well, or helping, or help one of your lovely kids get a house you know to get out exactly <laughs> hey listen so uh we're coming around to school when does school start out there uh and uh, by the way george tell people where you are in southern california so they get an idea rancho cucamonga uh california near inland empire near ontario area yeah exactly and you service all of southern california obviously Yes, sir. All of Southern California, up and down the coast, and anywhere you can be, because, you know, I work off the internet, and sure. you know, Zoom, over Zoom, or, you know, however we need to talk. So so we're going back to school, right? August, mid-August uh, is when your schools open up out there? I believe, uh, yeah, in the next week, towards the end of the month, yeah, school's already starting over here in different areas, and the next couple of weeks out here, they'll be starting correct. Okay, we got less than a minute, but uh, does that mean that we might see some uh, additional inventory on the market? Because a lot of people who are going to move can't now because kids are in school. Uh, man, we can talk all day because I had, that was a good one. We could talk about that. Is this moratorium where they, they think they yep. extended it through September? October so, now, I heard. October. Oh my goodness! So every, everything's in the air right now. These poor landlords are going bankrupt. Yep. Um, yep. Because of what's going on, and so they they want to just sell their house as soon as they can. Yeah. And be, because I, I doubt it that that these renters um, who who haven't paid and they owe fifteen, twenty, or thirty, whatever it is, back pay. I don't think they're going to pay that back as soon as the moratorium is up. So right. They'll just move. Poor landlords, they're yep. going to have to just sell. I think they're just going to want to sell their house. So this Interesting. Is the experience they went through. Hey, George, that, so, that's great information, by the way. Shout out your phone number or a way by people can get a hold of you who need a great uh, mortgage broker out there. 909-900-9565. Excellent. This is George Gonzalez from Malibu Funding, working the Rancho Cucamonga area, but obviously Southern California as well. George, thanks very much for coming on the show. Once again, tons of info. Appreciate it. Hey, it's been fun, Jeff. Thanks. Thank you. I'm Jeff Barton, your voice in the mortgage industry. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Mortgage Voice with Jeff Barton. We'll be right back with more in just a moment. For more information on today's topic, email Jeff Barton at info at malibufunding.net. Now, back to The Mortgage Voice with your host, Jeff Barton. 
Welcome, everybody. I'm Jeff Barton, your voice in the mortgage industry. Thanks very much for tuning in. Obviously, this show uh, brings to you some information, great information, obviously information you can use, you can access. There are different kinds of loans out there in the marketplace, and we talk about it all the time. We talk about whether they're qualified mortgage, non-qualified mortgage. Basically, what we're trying to do is solve problems that you have in your head about being afraid that you can't get a loan. We had a guest on earlier in uh, the show, Charles, who said there is a loan for everybody. And some of the people that bring you those opportunities to be able to get that kind of loan are unsung. They sit in the background. One of them is Patrick Washington, who comes to us from Luxury Mortgage, talk us a little bit about the programs that they're doing and uh, the borrowers that they're helping. Patrick, how are you? I'm doing wonderful, sir. How are you? I'm, I'm okay. Thank you very much. I actually had a big chocolate bar before the uh, show, and I was really jittery. It's, it's kind of like what the Fed has been doing to the economy for, you know, the last year, the injection of funds, keeping rates low. Um, yep. So tell us a little bit about what is happening at Luxury, some of the programs that you guys are offering, and how you're helping borrowers achieve that uh, loan that they can't get other places. Yeah, absolutely. You know, since since last time I was on your show, there there is there's quite a few uh, updates uh, that I can update you about. Great. You know, with luxury, with one like you just said, you know, with the feds pumping money into you know and and, and having the rates as low as they are. I mean, our our floor rates on non QM right now, bank statement loans are two point nine nine. Unbelievable. That's the highest. That's the highest cycle score, lowest LTV, right? Of right. Course. Right. But it's, I, I don't ever recall in a non-prime market where rates have ever been that low, you know. Right. Um, or in the non-qualified mortgage market, whatever term. Or a subprime market from the old days, right. They were usually a point and a half higher, maybe even more. Maybe even more, you know. So, um, you know, what we did is, you know, luxury's been around 25 years for those that don't know about luxury um, or more. And they've always been a, a prime credit jumbo lender. Um, and since the acquisition of the Star Wars Capital Group, you know, who's our proprietary um, investor, or basically they're going to acquire the company luxury, you know, fully. Yep. Um, we, we, you know, we're in a very fortunate situation where we're not a pass-through investor. So when we fund loans, we're not trying to sell them off in bulk to um, the highest bidder. We're, we're actually going through a due diligence rating agency, and we're securitizing ourselves and putting them on our, own, on our, on our balance sheet. Um, that 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 puts us way ahead of the game and uh, ahead of the curve. That most of these other lenders have to price their loans at a higher price, you know, because they need to put the loans together in bulk in a pool and sell them off to the highest bidder for for their income. We're, we're actually not in that position, but we're not doing it. Um, <clears throat> by doing so, we we kind of we still have our prime credit jumbo program, which we call Simple Prime, but it's we're a pass through investor to a bank when we do do that. And, and we don't get to control the files and the loans and things like that the way we would like to. So what we did was we made our uh, our rates on our non-QM loans, our bank statement loans, you know, asset qualification loans or whatever, we made our rates comparable on that particular program <laughs> just so that we're not getting loans on a prime credit jumbo loan where we don't control it. It's, it, it's more beneficial for us to just have a lower coupon and still be able to control the file from beginning all the way to end and then put it on our balance sheet. And then at the end of the day, if you have a borrower who, who can give you full doc income or bank statement income, they got an 800 credit score, LCD 50, 60 percent. I mean, you know, what's your chances of that particular borrower going to default, right? right. So Zero. Only, yeah, you, right. you take a lower coupon. You take a lower coupon on the secondary side of it, but hey, you got a qualified, you got a quality borrower who 
probably going to be around for the next five or ten years. They don't have to worry about refinancing the shop, you know. So that was one of the main things that we've done recently was just price our non-keyword rate sheets equally aggressive or if not more aggressive than our prime credit jumbo rate sheets just so that we can control the file from the beginning. Um, with all of that being said, we still, you know, because we control the file and we are the investor and, and, and everything like that, we, we do not, uh, what sets us apart from everybody else on the market is our ability to do exceptions. You know, even though our guidelines say this, we always find a way to make exception to the guidelines to make it work where a lot of people, they don't, they're not in that situation because they may not have an investor who's going to purchase the loan. So we win again because of that. Um, now, and, and, you know, we talk a lot of, in, in the industry about automation and, and, uh, changing the file to something that can be automatically underwritten. It sounds like that there's much more of a hands-on, individualized underwriting approach, especially to these kinds of loans that you have to make exceptions on. Is that true? Uh, yes, to a degree. I mean, listen, if it's a loan that just fits the box, then, you know, it, it's going to go through the system automatically, like how the system is designed to work. But if it's something that doesn't fit the box, I, I gave you an example, right? Like uh, I just turned an exception today, or I'm sorry, yesterday or maybe two days ago, um, on a cash out, if a borrower wants to take out cash out, 65% LTV or lower, it's unlimited cash out, right? There's no dollar figure that's, not, you know, it's, you can take out as much as you can if the LTV is under 65%. But our guidelines for max loan amount is $2.5 million on cash out. So I turned in one uh, Malibu property. Um, the LTV was, was 30, I'm sorry, it was uh, 54% um, cash out. With the loan amount is three point seven, so we made uh, we made a, an exception for the individual to take out an additional million two for whatever investment purchases that they were going to make. But because of the LTV was so low, we made the exception to our guideline, which says twenty five two point five million cash out max loan amount. But hey, this guy has like a seven ninety something credit score. Right, he's has however many months in reserves he has. His LTV is extremely low. Let's go ahead and give him the extra million too. Right, where most of right. the other investors and lenders that are out there, they probably would. You know, I, I noticed the jumbo rates, and I watched that probably as close as anything else. A lot of the jumbo, especially when you're looking at uh, 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 an average, that rate really hasn't moved too much, even in the no. last six, eight months. Now, why is that no. particular rate doesn't move, but some 30-year fixed or maybe even the ARM products is going to uh, move more? Why is that? I mean, in my honest opinion, I, I just think banks, I mean, you know, most of these big jumbo loans are really – so we, we were, yeah, I missed that. You cut out on me. What'd you say? Oh, I'm so sorry about that. No problem. You, you hear me better now, right? Yeah, I hear you great. What, what, what I was saying is, that it's a very interesting question for one, and I can just give you my opinion on what I think about that. Sure. And that, that is, um, most of these jumbo lenders uh, who have these jumbo products, they're actual banks. Like, even our, our um Prime Credit Jumbo, our Simple Prime, we actually originate that for a bank, bank, uh, bank called Bank United on the East Coast. Okay. So I, I just strongly believe that these banks just don't have the appetite to have lower rates for these Prime Credit Jumbo borrowers. Like they have a certain coupon price that they're looking for, um, and they haven't moved rates much there. However, in the non-QM space, right? You know, the margin is way it's much more bigger, and the coupon price is much more bigger than it is right. on a prime credit jumbo type borrower. Where we have the flexibility to improve those rates more than some of these other lenders do when it comes to a jumbo market. Now, I don't. That's just my opinion about it. That's right. what I'm hearing from some of my clients, my other brokers that I work with, um, who would send it to a bank 
but now send it in nine two in because they can get a better deal. Or we can because you have the portfolio to house your own product and take a, as you said earlier, take less on the coupon anyway. Yep, and you have and you have a prime credit jumbo follower on you know and you still maybe we still be making one hundred three, one hundred four, you know, rather than a one hundred seven right. or one hundred eight. I don't know. But, hey, you're still making a decent coupon price on the back end. So it's right, and your securitization will be that much easier because this bar is going nowhere. I mean, they still have, nowhere. you know, how much, 50%, 30, 35% into the deal. So, you know, you're not going to give up yep. on a $5 million property, 35%. You're not giving up a couple million bucks. No, you're not doing that so, by so defaulting. Exactly. Right. And exactly. So to answer your question, that would be the best. That's just my opinion. The mm-hmm. best way I could probably explain it explain it from my perspective but it could be wrong but that's just what i'm seeing as a kind of second well that's excellent listen we're up against the clock we're about a minute left could you let people know how they can get in touch with you you're obviously somebody who can really help in terms of both product and pricing and give the give people the best deal that'd be great yes so uh luxury mortgage um luxury mortgage corporation Um, my name is patrick washington you can reach me directly p washington at luxurymortgage.com that's my email address uh, the type of ballers that I'm here to help are, you know, all ballers for one, <clears throat> but two, the self-employed ballers whose CPA has gotten so creative with their tax returns that they can't qualify full documentation, but that they have a 12 or 24 month bank statements of, of decent deposits that we can use to qualify. Um, so if you're an overseas investor, you have a solid foreign national program. Um, if you're just an investor in general who likes, who wants to simple ease of use of use our DSCR program, you know, reach out to me at uh, pwashingtonalluxurymortgage.com and, uh, or go through your, you know, your, your current broker or whoever it is you work with um, and have them reach out to me um, or anyone here at Luxury to, for, for that matter um, if they have a rep already. And we would love, love to help you in, in your finances. Patrick, thank you very much. Always love having you on. Appreciate it. And uh, we'll talk soon. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Yes, that's uh, Patrick Washington from Luxury Mortgage. I'm Jeff Barton, your voice in the mortgage industry. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Mortgage Voice with Jeff Barton. We'll be right back with more in just a moment. For more information on today's topic, email Jeff Barton at info at malibufunding.net. Now, back to The Mortgage Voice with your host, Jeff Barton. Welcome, everybody. Once again, I am Jeff Barton, your voice in the mortgage industry. Thanks for tuning into the show, for listening. We are on a number of different radio stations. We're in Southern California, a couple of great radio stations in the Inland Empire, San Bernardino and Riverside counties. Hello out there. Uh, we reach all the way out to um, Palm Springs area, some parts of L.A. and Orange County. And we're also up in the Tahoe area, K Tahoe. We're in Las Vegas, Nevada. And we're also down in Albuquerque, New Mexico. I want to say hi to the, all the K-Mine people who listen to the show each and every day. Appreciate that very, very much. Okay, let's get to some of the news that's out there. Um, there is uh, this thing called, and we talked about it on the show a little bit ago, called tokenization. Uh, it's how do we secure information during transactions, and how do we use that uh, secure information to be able to drive costs down in business, i.e. if you don't have a tremendous amount of your uh, money wrapped up in your individual company's security, security online, and obviously that means password protections and uh, direct access to the information through some site or portal. So this new way of doing it, and by the way, it's through blockchain, and it's all part of uh, 
the encrypted way that Bitcoin and, and things like that are done. But this is the technical aspect of those products that are secured through um, the way it is stored, the information is kept. So tokenization would be if you had information that you wanted secured. You would have a third-party company randomize the information into a uh, what they call a token, which is really just scrambled up information into different symbols and letters, which means gobbledygook or nothing to anybody who would see it, but who has a passcode or a way by which to decipher that particular information. So it adds an extra element of securitization, and it also spreads the information throughout the Internet to store it so that the accuracy is you know, obviously the most important thing is to maintain the, the, the uh, privacy and their accuracy, and both of those things are happening. Well, the reason I bring all this up is there's a, there's a company, Homebridge, which is a both retail and wholesale, as well as a correspondent um, investor, and it's the 28th largest um, originator in the country. They have just been purchased or partnered, I guess purchase is the wrong way to do it, with a company that is uh, very much into tokenization, trying to drive the cost of doing loans down by uh, the information technology that they bring to the loan, securitizing the loan. I haven't got the details of it, but I thought it was interesting that uh, blockchain technology is being used within the mortgage industry to drive costs down. And when I get a better handle on exactly how that's supposed to happen, I can pass that on to you. But the blockchain technology is here. It's going to be around and it's going to be used by many, many industries to secure information and to make sure that the information is spread out throughout the net uh, which is really what blockchain is. Uh, in terms of Bitcoin and, and the way the Fed and other countries are looking at um, regulations for it, eventually having what they call safe coin, which is a uh, economy-based, uh, like the U.S. would have one, uh, that would be backed by some form of uh, government or uh, I'm not quite sure because they haven't worked out the details yet, but that's all coming too, uh, more in a, um, I guess, conservative way rather than the, the wild scene that we've seen on Bitcoin the last <laughs> 60 to 90 days. And that's Ethereum. I mean, there's a whole bunch of them, and anybody who's in this knows a heck of a lot more about it than I do. But that is happening. That is coming. And I thought that that was one of the things that was pretty interesting. Wanted to bring that right to your in attention. Um, three things. Every home buyer should know. This is an article by uh, Katie Hill, uh, and it talks about a couple of uh, these these three different things that home buyers should know and do before they enter into the process. We're into the later stages of the summer buying season, so uh, let's get right to it. Interest rates are at historic lows, right? But mortgages aren't always easy to get and understand that. This is not 2006 or 7. And if you're new to the mortgages, you don't know what I'm talking about. But if you were around then, you do. Signature loans, no, they don't do that. You have a lot more stringent uh, parameters and guidelines to be able to get a loan. It is still not simple. Ability to repay. You have to understand your credit score. You have to understand the assets. You have to understand uh, the value of the property. And all of these things put, put together, um, yeah, you can get a loan. But their guidelines are stricter. Number two, 
There is such upward pressures on prices now. Okay, so everybody knows this. Even though inventory is back up to two and a half to three and a half months, depending on the area of the country, rather than one and a half months in terms of uh, how many months before a property sells. It's good that the inventory is increasing. We've had buyers kind of get worn out because they just, you know, can't find anything. But prices have moved. As I said last week, 16% is the average in the U.S. markets across the country that properties increased in value in 2020 during COVID. Now that people are out, or at least we think they're out. And by the way, Daryl, what, what's happening with COVID? Um, well, it seems like they're still saying that if you're vaccinated, you're golden at this point. And if you're not or underaged to be vaccinated, you're a target and you can get some of the more aggressive COVID diseases quickly. You know, it, businesses are not sure what to do. And it's reflected in the unemployment. It's reflected in uh, the GDP numbers. And it's reflected in the number of people going back to work. It's still nerve-wracking. A couple of companies I saw today. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, uh, the next thing that we've heard is that a lot of indoor businesses are now going to have, have you verify or show that you're uh, – vaccinated before you can enter the, the the building okay most loans for anybody who's got a loan you don't have to worry about it because most of it's done by phone by fax uh even by zoom if you need to be you don't have to go into any place to sign except the title company and there is even mobile notaries that'll come to you all masked up and ready to go that is a concern however because obviously employment uh is at the heart of you know gdp and growth and businesses back to normal and you know trying to get uh, what we're doing at the Fed, the purchases, the mortgage-backed securities, and treasuries, trying to get that more in line with, you know, uh, lowering inflation. You know, inflation running at 5.3% is way too high, and most people just, you know, see that number and go absolutely cuckoo. So we have to align this. COVID is at the heart of it. Anyway, number three, HGTV isn't real life. Okay, anybody seen these? <laughs> these I know that. I know you like them. Which one? What's your I favorite? I, I like uh, Flip or Flop. I like the, okay. uh, the Gaines. Uh, yeah, that's family. the couple, yeah. right? Yeah. The divorce. Jo Joanna. They're still yeah. doing that. Yeah. Oh no, no, that's the, oh, that's the Southern California guys you're talking about. Okay. Uh, uh, Ty, what is his name? Uh, Christina and yeah, the, right, and, yeah. and her husband, right, exactly. No. No, that's exactly. No, I, right. I like the ones in in, uh, in Texas, the the Gaines. I don't know. Yeah, Joanna Gaines. She's their Magnolia Farms and okay, the, they well, have their own network at this point. I, it's funny so. you say that. So, if you're watching these shows, understand that these are TV shows, <laughs> and like most entertaining entertainment. They're, they're somewhere between reality and La La Land. And I say <laughs> La La Land with respect to Los Angeles, right? That's where the show is being generated. Anyway, so, yeah. So if you're out there and you're buying, be realistic. Understand what you can afford. Try not to uh, uh, take the, the suggestions or whatever they're trying to do on these shows and replicate it in your life. That's really not going to happen. I mean, let's, let's talk about that. It's yeah. just... You try to be real with what you're trying to do. Tarek El, El Musa. Yes, that's the, it. Yeah, that's it. husband, yeah. Okay. So I got about 30 seconds. People flocked to a bunch of metro cities during COVID. Um, and I can tell you quickly what they are if I can actually look through my notes and find them. Uh, well, they flowed out of cities like Los Angeles, Chicago, San Francisco, New York, St. Louis, 
then they flowed into smaller cities around the country. And the reason for that being, obviously, is that there was a, a, a better handle on, on COVID, housing, and work remotely in larger houses once you sold your place in a big city. Oh, we are up against it. I'm Jeff Barton, your voice in the mortgage industry. Thanks very much for tuning into the show. Really appreciate it, and we'll see you next time. You're listening to The Mortgage Voice with Jeff Barton. For more on today's topic, visit www.malibufunding.net.